You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5 hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Theater people, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Now, normally we come to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan, but tonight's show is being brought to you from the beautiful city of Fairhope, Alabama. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater in smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of my husband and my play, At the Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's guests are two major talents from Theater 98, the local theater community here in Fairhope, Alabama. They are two of the company's actors and directors, John Robitaille, and the director of their current smash hit, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Robin Ann Page. Now, before I bring them on, I thought it would be great to give a little history on the development of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. That is a mouthful of a name, I'll tell you. Now, on your program, is your ticket is devoted to, among other objectives, theater and development, and the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee had a terrific journey as it developed into what it has become. The music was based upon Crepuscle, and that is spelled C-R-E-P-U-S-C-U-L-E. I think that's how you pronounce it, Crepuscle. And that's big letters with dashes in between as if you're spelling it out. And it's an original improvisational play at the time created by Rebecca Feldman and performed by The Farm, which is a New York-based improvisational comedy troupe. So it was eventually, you know, developed from improv, which is really cool. Now, Sarah Salzberg, who originated the character of Logan Schwarzengrubener, um, was Wendy Wasserstein's weekend nanny. Now, Wendy Wasserstein, you, you may know, and if you don't, let me explain it to you. She wrote a play that was eventually, I think, made into a movie called The Heidi Chronicles. And The Heidi Chronicles won a Pulitzer Prize and, um, and, and lots of Tonys, and it was just a, a, a sensational show. And by the way, if you're ever interested in reading a biography on um, a, a playwright, uh, there's a bi- biography about Wendy Wasserstein called Wendy and the Lost Boys. And it's terrific. And it was written after she sadly died early and young. But anyways, back to um, Spelling Bee. Sarah Salzberg, who was Wendy Wasserstein's weekend nanny, was in the original production of 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And, And Wasserstein recommended that William Finn, who wrote the music and lyrics, see the show. Finn brought Rachel Scheinkman, Scheinkin, excuse me, on board, and I believe she went on to win a Tony Award for the book, and they worked together with Rebecca Feldman to transform Crepuscle into a scripted full-length musical. 
Uh, Spelling Bee was then workshopped and developed at the Barrington Stage Company in Massachusetts. They developed a lot of stuff there. Um, in February 2004, a workshop was done in which a first act and parts of a second act were created. Um, this stage of the process was directed by Michael Barakiva and Feldman. That would be uh, wait, Rebecca Feldman. Um, the script was fleshed out and the show was given a fuller production in, in July 2004 under the direction of Feldman and Michael Unger. Now, several cast members, um, including Dan Folger, who I believe won a Tony for playing his role, Jay Reese, um, who also ad added material into the show, I believe, as it was developing, and Sarah Salzberg, remain uh, from Crepuscle and later joined, were later joined by Rob Sapp, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, you probably know him from Modern Family, Celia Keenan Bolger, who's in a lot of TV, um, and Lisa Howard and Deborah S. Craig uh, were added, and a full script was created. The musical opened off-Broadway at Second Stage Theater on February 7th, 2005, and closed on March 20th, 2005. Now, normally when a show closes that fast, it, it's usually because maybe it's not doing very well, but in this case, I think they fast-tracked this, this show directly onto Broadway because it won the 2005 Lucille Lortel Award for Outstanding Musical and the 2005 Drama Desk Award for Outstanding o Ensemble Performance. Very cool. Uh, Spelling Bee premiered on Broadway at the Circle in the Square Theater. On April 15th, it ran for 1,136 performances, two of which I saw, so there we go, and won the Tony Awards for Best Book, Rachel Scheinkin, and Best Featured Actor, Dan Folger, who plays a character whose name I'm not going to reveal because it's just, it's a great name in the show, and, and see the show and you'll know why. Um, since then, it's had productions all over the world. There have been multiple performances here in the U.S. as well as international productions in London, Australia, Norway, and Tel Aviv. So what started as an improvisational work has developed into a sensational international hit, and I wanted to highlight that so folks can understand the process a little better about how a show starts and grows. And now here it is, delighting the audiences of Fairhope, Alabama, and it has been a smash, so much so that performances have been sold out, and I believe... You've added two extra performances? Correct. Oh, wow. You yes. Add more. I, I would love to <laughs> add more. <laughs> so let's bring on our guests to talk about the production and also the historic Theater 98, because it's been around for a while. So folks, please welcome to the show two of Fairhope Alabama's Theater's 98 actors and directors, John Robitaille and Robin and Paige. Hi, John and Robin, and welcome to your program is your ticket. How are you? I'm great. Great. Thank you so much for having us and coming all the way out here to visit us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I should explain that my sister lives out here, and so um, I've, I've driven by this theater so many times, and it, and it has so intrigued me. And I just took a tour, and what looks to be like a small building is just feels like a great, expansive, wonderful theater. So... Tell us a little bit about Theater 98. Give us a little bit of a history. It is a wonderful space. You have to understand the building was built in the 1920s as the First Baptist Church of Fairhope. Wow. From that point, as the church grew and moved to other locations, it became a satellite courthouse for the county. And in the, I guess the early 80s is when it became a playhouse. It was another company that was founded uh, Playhouse 813 or 815 was the original Playhouse here. They, they are the ones that converted it into the space that we have. We took it over as Theater 98 around 1985 and have been here ever since. And it has provided a wonderful atmosphere for shows. 
For those, obviously, a lot of people here in this have probably never been here before, but the, the theater is designed where the seating is on three sides of the stage. There are three rows for each side, so the audience is pretty much right into the actual action that is happening on the stage. You feel like you are a part of the show when you watch a show here. Absolutely. We're, we're in the theater right now, and it feels... It, 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 it's strange because it has an, an, an intimacy to it, but it feels very open. It feels like an actor. I mean, I've been, on, I've been in small or theaters, and it, it, sometimes it feels like the actors are right on top of you. Mm-hmm. Now, More like I, a black box or right, something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in here, it, it feels like the actors have a lot of room in which to, to do the show and to play. And, and Spelling Bee is a pretty active show. Right. And it's amazing how we're able to um, make different sets for these different shows because you think nothing could possibly fit in here or we couldn't make it work in a thrust stage situation, but each and every show has a very unique set and structure to it, and, and each one is very exciting. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, are all of your shows done in, uh, in the U-shaped theater? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, tell me a little bit about your your current season that you have that ongoing shows for this season that you've already done. Anything you have coming? Sure, out? absolutely. Well, Putnam County Spelling Bee is the fourth show of the season. It is our last show for this season. So we started out this year with a new production, um, uh, very well, relatively new, called Ripcord. Then we moved into On the Verge. And then the show right after that was Becky's New Car. Hmm. And then, of course, now back into Putnam here. And so it's been a a very unique season for us in the fact that um, a lot of the shows have audience participation in them. Wow. Um, I know the last two have. And um, I don't know what else to say other than... um, I've enjoyed this season very much. Yes, and what's real exciting is this is the first musical that Theater 98 has done in a very, very long time, and it has been obviously well-received since we're held over and sold out, and the patrons love it, and uh, it's enticing people to become season ticket holders again and and new ones for next year, which is exciting. Wow. (laughs) Who doesn't love a musical? Right, exactly. (laughs) It's exactly. I, I I read a review. I think that you posted, Robin, uh, over the last day or two, or some mm-hmm. someone posted it uh, in on Facebook, and it it was by a reviewer who said, um, all of a sudden I looked over and I realized that somebody was actually playing music. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very very cool thing to read and to say because it's like the the music is is there and it's it's highlighting the show and it's emphasizing the show. Yes. And they're so, you know, they're 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 being carried away by the story. Mm-hmm. and the pathos of the show and, and what's going on. Exactly. And we've had our wonderful musical director, Rick Raymond, and his wife happens to be the accompanist, Terry Raymond. Oh, great. And she's playing an electric keyboard that has many, many sounds to it. She's recorded different sounds in it. And he stands by and plays a little percussion along with her. So it really has a very, very full sound to it. And that's what I wanted. And that's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's 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 really cool. It's, it's, it's good. It's so nice what technology can do. You mm-hmm. can get drum sounds out of there if you need to. Right. That's 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 terrific. And tell me some of the things that your audience are are saying about the show. What's the audience feedback been like? Comments you've heard. Well, they just it's pure entertainment. They've enjoyed it so much. They've laughed, they've cried. We have poignant moments in the show, as you know, you've seen it a few times. Um, it's uh, and we have a cast that is literally Broadway bound. These these kids and adults that we have in the show are unbelievable. And um, three of which I know are going on to pursue this as their career. And the voices are phenomenal. I was very blessed to have (laughs) wonderful people audition. And uh, I think we cast it really well. And... What was your question? And again, I'm sorry, I just... What was the audience saying? Oh, what are the audience saying? Yes. So they're just walking out going, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And a gentleman came up to me last night and said, I just... He kissed my hand and he said, I enjoyed this so much. I'm a season ticket holder and I told my wife a spelling bee. I don't think will last. (laughs) We'll definitely leave it intermission. Um, She was actually... His wife was one of the audience participants who came up in the first act to join the spellers on stage and did a great job. Uh And he said, I saw thoroughly enjoyed every moment of course we stayed and we'd like to come back so that was that was a really wonderful compliment and a testament to the show okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's terrific. Mm-hmm. That's great. One of the things I love about this show is it, it, it satisfies what I call the three E's. It's uh, entertaining. Uh, it's, it's funny. It has such a great energy to it. It's um, educational. You learn something about <laughs> spelling bees, um, and and it's edifying. Mm-hmm. There there are moments in the show that are so uplifting. It has great themes of of you know what 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 the not just the kids but the adults are bringing into the spelling right. bee, and um, how they're uh, it goes into how they cope mm-hmm. with with the people that they're becoming. And I one of the things that I love about it is that. The, the, the kids help the adults understand it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that would, that's what enticed me so much to direct this show was because each of the characters, the six students in the show, all come from different backgrounds, different family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, they're... Uh, they just, they're so, I don't know how to explain. They just, we bring it out and we get a chance as audience members to learn about each one of these kids. Right. And um, it, it's just a beautiful thing. And it's a chance for us as audience members to really learn and remind ourselves what impact we as adults have on kids that it's so important to what we say and what we do and what we teach them, our teachers, our clergy, our parental units, whatever they may be, have such a huge impact on the way they live their lives and go on. And this show shows so much of that. And it's, it's really really exciting. And I also love the fact that there's so much, you know, you said that uh, 
Crepuscule started out as uh, an improvisational type of. Uh, Did I say it right? Um, crepuscule. Well, you know what? Crepuscule. 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 It's so many different ways. But anyway, um, every night it seems to be something different. Exactly. But it, there's so much opportunity that the writers have given us to add to their script, to improvise and change every night. And because we have four different audience members of all different ages come on the stage every night, you never know what it's going to be. So our actors are just set for any possible change, any someone may get a, a, a word correct and someone may get it wrong, and we have to be ready to change around the whole script and see where we go from there. Absolutely. So it keeps us on our toes. Now, did you work with the cast uh, on improvisation to be able to acclimate to that? Well, it was a little bit of a prerequisite when when I auditioned them. I said, how much have you done with improvisation? And we had them do a little bit of that at the audition. And um, they have really stepped up to the plate. And of course, our monitors, uh, both Rona, Lisa Peretti, and Punch, they um, every night have to come up with things to say about the audience members. We have little funny lines and the different spelling words at times and the uh, funny different ways we can give definitions and sentences for those words. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It, <laughs> it, it, to me, I, I, don't know, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how people who do improv do it. It's just such a difficult skill, thinking on your feet. And I remember I, I did a, a show uh, with... A hip-hop improv group. Now you'll hear it when you hear your own show because mm-hmm. they've actually done an opening and a closing for me, uh, which was really nice of them. But I was going through through uh, and my my intro topic on the history of improv, and there's like ten rules to improv. Mm-hmm. But the the most important thing is to always say so, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. John Robitaille here is he has <laughs> I put teach together. Improv. He teaches improv. Yes. <laughs> become the improv guru of uh, Baldwin County well, and Mobile for that matter, Mobile, because yeah. there was no improv when I moved here. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's such a great art form. I think people, not necessarily just actors, but people in everyday life, need that kind of training. Yes, it helps them with anything that they do in life. It's a backbone, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the company is North Coast, and they're actually a hip-hop improv group. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they operate out of New York and Chicago, but they, they give lessons as well. And they give lessons to, to corporations. Um, and, and they say that, that it, it helps people with their communication skills, public speaking skills, uh, being able to handle themselves better in meetings, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think what it does is it gives you confidence on 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 your feet that is the key right there is to gain that confidence once you have that you can pretty much do anything that you want to do mm-hmm. you know yeah absolutely um i'm i'm myself like i said i'm not very good at improv i tell a story where i, I took an acting class two acting classes i did it for empathy as a writer mm-hmm. i'm not a very good actor at all but i'm a relatively decent writer and um i remember we did uh theater games in the first acting class, and my acting teacher, whose name is Barbara Tarbuck, she's passed away, she she said, okay, what we're gonna do now is you're all gonna be kids on the playground, and you're just gonna play with each other. So I 
I just, I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. So I walked over to the, to the side of the room and I sat there with my arms folded and she walked over and she said, don't you want to go play with the kids? And in my most adult voice, I said, no. <laughs> so, so I can see, I mean, just to really pull that out of people is tough. Yeah. Now you have to get outside yourself and, and just become the character and become one. But you, you do realize what you did in that class was typical of children on a playground too. One of them would go into the corner, and if they didn't get their way, and just sit there and sulk and say sulk no. Sulk and say no. I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm not playing. So you know what you did? If, if I was grading that class, you would have passed just for that. Would I? Yes. yes you were halfway there. Oh my god. Well, well. <laughs> Let's hope that my acting was better than my improv, in class, or or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Theater 98. Um, are there any particular messages and themes that speak strongly to you and, and the team here at, at Theater 98 in the projects that you select to produce? I don't know if there's necessarily any theme that we go for. What we look for mainly is the entertainment value, obviously, for our, our patrons to come in. You know, the worst thing we could do is to pick a show that's going to bore them so much that they get up and leave at intermission. We want them to stay for the full production, obviously. So we look for that entertainment value in there. And there's also things that we look at, too. We know that they're going to like a comedy. A mystery is always a good selection. Uh, a musical will always entertain people. So, you know, we, we try to... We do four shows a year. So you've got to understand our slate is very limited but we want to try to to pull a little bit of each in there. Make and it diverse. And, exactly, yeah. so that you're not getting the same thing. Because I know that there are theaters out there that specialize in musical theater, and that's all they do. But you know what? There are some really good stories that may be very dramatic that you're not, you probably would maybe get a chuckle out of there and you don't laugh, but it has a deep message at the end. And that's things that, you know, I as a director or if I wanted to tell that story, I would hope that I could pull it off in this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. So we'll go from something like John directed Glass Menagerie last year, and, mm-hmm. and then it went from there into a, um, right before that we had done Plaza Suite that I had part in directing. And uh, so just, we have a diverse audience too, and of all ages. We started out with a little more of an elderly crowd, and we're slowly branching into just every age and um, every type. We we try to stay out of political things, religious things, and you know, all of that. We just kind of stick to pure uh, entertainment that's different from each the each show before. If I may ask, why do you... St- why do you try to stay out of political and religious um, themes? You have to understand the dynamics. You're in the South, mm-hmm. and religious themes are, you know, that's taboo to a lot of people, uh, and they would get upset over the slightest things. I know, you know, Robin, when she was directing this show, you know, there was some nervousness about the Jesus scene. You know, mm-hmm. would we offend somebody if, if Jesus came out and, you know, so you, you, it's always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's done with respect, and right. it's not done in, you know, it, 
I don't know how to explain it. Just you just never know who you're going to offend. Um, I did take out. There was some swear words in it where they uh, take God's name in vain and so on. And because we're in the Bible Belt, I made sure to just change that to "Gosh darn it" and you know things like that, just to appease the audience. We do have things that are a little, uh, you know, it's and adult it, content and so on. And so it, it's it's funny that the things that you think that they're not going to say anything about, you'll get that phone call the next day and like I was really offended by that and I was like that you know <laughs> you just can't even imagine right. so we kind of are on a fine line here uh, you know and, and I'm glad that you said that because I think in uh, like in New York and Chicago and mm-hmm. LA we're in a theater bubble sure and um, in, in New York it's kind of like anything goes for theater absolutely and, and probably even more so in Chicago they're very much an incubator for new theater and and uh avant-garde theater and, and uh, risky theater. So I think it's really important that we that we as theater lovers uh, all over need to, to understand that it's important to pay attention to that, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. personally. Um, so I would assume you your team is always kind of walking that fine line. It's mm-hmm. like, how much, how much can we push the audience mm-hmm. a little bit here while still entertaining them and retaining right. them? Exactly. And so there's probably a lot of discussion about that when you're planning your next season. Quite a bit. (laughs) We we have a a play reading committee that pretty much meets the entire year. You know, we start out with some selections and we start narrowing it down. And and you look at that. And when I serve as production manager for the board, you know, part of me reading through the scripts is to say, well, you know, we, we can do that physically on the stage or not, but looking at, okay, how is the story going to be interpreted by the audience? And a lot of it could be simple stuff, but they don't see it the same way, you know. And right. it can be frustrating at times. It is you know, frustrating. Very frustrating because really there's is. so many, like you say, avant-garde, really edgy things we'd love to do and produce here. And um, I just don't know that our season ticket holders. So we're gradually, gradually moving in that direction a little bit, little steps at a time. Right. And in addition to that, it's, there's also the concept of, you know, they're we're dealing with grown adults here mm-hmm. and um, people who have had lots and lots and lots of life experience. So it's also not um, in, insulting their exposure to life. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, I would assume it's a lot of second guessing about culture and that, yeah. that must be like, um, like I said, that must be really difficult for you. <laughs> well, it's, it's really frustrating for me. I'm from California and uh, I've been an actress you know, regional actress and, and in California for many years. And, and coming here was a, a rude awakening. It's very, very different. And, sure. But you, you go with the flow and you try to make small changes as you can and, uh, and hope they accept it along the way. It's, this, I know that uh, Spelling Bee has, um, well, let's just say it's, it's, it, it pushes boundaries. Like it really said. does. It really does. And, and what's happening, though, is the overwhelming feeling is, is what people are walking out with is the overwhelming feeling of joy mm-hmm. and, um, and, and uh, they're, they're being uplifted. And so uh, 
kudos to you guys. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, I, mean I, I really want people in New York to, to listen to this who are like, oh, yes, well, this has, you know, a lesbian scene and, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to light somebody on fire. And, you know, and they're okay. It's like sure. no big deal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would yeah. That's going to open the season. That's yeah, that's right. Show. <laughs> <laughs> when we know that, you know, that's, that's not mm-hmm. something you could probably do here. Right. I have your 2018 season here. You're doing mm-hmm. the mousetrap. Butterflies are free. The skin of our teeth and lost in Yonkers. Those are great yes, shows. Absolutely. The the nice thing is, at this day and age here in Fairhope, is that the community's gotten large enough where there are a lot of talented people out there that can direct, that can be a part of the show, and we don't want to have the same directors always coming back and directing show after show after show, because then the vision kind of gets really narrow, so this opens it up. So both of us directed this season. We're not directing next season. However, uh, we are actually are going to do a Christmas show next year ah, that okay. I am working on now. It's going to be a radio play. Nice. Uh, right now, it looks like it's going to be It's a Wonderful Life, but it's going to be done in the style of a radio broadcast from the 1940s. And uh, it's going to be fun. Cool. I see your directors are Timothy Guy for Mousetrap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jamie Shows for Butterflies Are Free. Um, is it John Thornton? Thornton? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. For The Skin of Our Teeth and Joe Fuseli for Lost in Yonkers. Correct. That's correct. Um what do you think is the best part of being involved with smaller productions? <laughs> being a part of a smaller production for me allows you the opportunity to experience a lot of the production and not necessarily get focused on one thing. Like I've done sound, I've done lights, I've done stage managing. And, you know, when you have a smaller production, it's, it's more of a tight-knit community, I feel, you know, but um, Yeah, it, it was exciting for me because it gave me a chance to not only direct and, and choreograph, but I designed the set and I designed the lighting. And, and, you know, and that you usually don't get a chance to do. You have a lighting designer, you have a set designer that comes in and just, this is what you're doing. And we work with them and I block it around that and so on. So it was, it was a real creative experience. Wow. Yeah. And so you, you're doing things that you that you aren't normally doing or... Or in a bigger theater. Or, or that mm-hmm. you, you don't do often. Um, I mean, do, do you often uh, work on designing sets and um, uh, doing costumes and things like that on, on your shows? Um, usually when I'm directing, I work along with the costume designer and the set designer and the lighting designer, tell them my um, vision for the show and what I want. They come to me, we, you know, they sketch it all out and I go, yes, that's wonderful. Let's try this, you know, whatever. But in this, it's pretty much, um, you know, you design it, we build it and uh, here are the lights and do what you'd like. And, and as far as costumes, we've had wonderful costume people. I gave them my vision. I told them I wanted bright colors. I wanted this, I wanted that. And they, they came, they came up with it all. It was wonderful. So is it with smaller productions, is it a chance to sort of get back in there and revisit that and um, strengthen those skills a little bit every now and then. It brings me back to college because really? <laughs> I majored I majored in drama, and you know we took the set design class and the lighting design class and all of that. So it's really it's taken me back, and I'm really enjoying it. 
really enjoying it. And you went to college in San Diego, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay, I have here uh, San Diego State University. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you like San Diego? Did you uh, like going to school in San Diego? I, who wouldn't love going to school in San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a while ago. We won't say how long ago, but um, back then, we uh, San Diego State was one of the top technical schools in theater around. So, I mean, we had sets that were built that they said, you won't see this on Broadway. I mean, they were unbelievable. And we had incredible professors, and I'm sure they still do. I just, uh, it was a good time. It was a great time to be there. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, now, John, I'm going to ask you this. I don't know if you you have uh, dramatic training. I did not go to school for for theater, uh, I'm, a, I'm just a theater fan and, and started writing and, and learned from seeing things in books and things like that. Do you Did you go to school for theater? Sean, I think we both went to the same school. I did okay. not go to school <laughs> for theater. It is something I grew to love. I sure. I went to school in, for business and marketing and I grew to love theater. And, you know, I, I got involved with improv first, and then I think everything built from that, and that's what got me here, and mm-hmm. then got me into directing and doing other things with the theater, too. Uh, well, I, I definitely think people could uh, benefit from having business training, being in the theater, and marketing training. Um, it's that, I think that's so much about what we do for each show. I know that uh, when when David and I do our show, we've done it seven times, and each time that we do it, it's like every there comes a point in time where I'm like, okay, there is a play in here somewhere, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because you're just you're so dealing with this ad and this contract, mm-hmm. and and it's it's the business aspect of show business, right. and none of us showers. <laughs> want to do the business part, but it's essential that you get that training, not only to um, to move your career in, in a forward way, but also, you know, as a director, as a writer, as anything else, you have to deal with that, right. and so it's, it's essential, even though we don't want to do it. I just want to have fun and do the show part, you know, the creative part, exactly. and then there's always that business stuff. Right. Well, that's what I tell people when they ask me, how do you, you know, how do you succeed in this? And I'm like, well, you can't really say that's not my job. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you have to get in there and be willing to do everything mm-hmm. if you need to. And um, you can't just say, oh, 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 I'm the talent. And I'm not, you know, you have to run your mm-hmm. own career if you're a performer. Oh, right. Especially today. And, oh, and there's okay. a balance between the two. You've got to find that balance. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you know it and it works well for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I've, that's There is a formula there. And... Um, I guess all I can say is, when you find it, tell me what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, some people but you have know it what, down. Though, Sean, it, it's always redefining it, because You're what right, worked exactly. yesterday may not work tomorrow. But with totally. technology and social media social today media, and everything yeah. else, it changes daily. I well, mean, uh, hourly, minute yeah, exactly. by minute. <laughs> no kidding. Right? Yeah. Um, so what do you two think is an important direction theater is taking right now overall? Well, that's an interesting question. Hmm. Theater in general or our theater? 
No, no, theater in general. General, oh. Yeah, I think you've talked a lot about yes. the vision of Theater 98. Right. Which right. are both theater artists who are mm-hmm. aware of what's going on in, in the United States and in the world. Well, I think we've come to a, a time and place where you're allowed to be as creative and open as possible, um, both politically, sexually, religiously, whatever it is. And I think that um, our patrons are uh, open to it as well and are accepting it, except down in the South. <laughs> but, well, well but, not necessarily. Not necessarily. There, there I'm some, yes. Yeah, I was, I'm just messing with you. But um, I think that's what's exciting. And also women in theater and women in the arts. Mm. You, know, you know, it's it's big for us. So I I love where it's all going. Good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and you, you also look at, you know, the success, like for Hamilton, for example. Mm-hmm. You're, you're pulling in other racial views on stage. You're seeing different points of view now. And that, to me, is important when you start looking at you know, what is being performed on the stage. Because if everybody continued to look through their own point of view, you, you have that narrow-minded focus. But now, all of a sudden, if, if you're seeing a show from this point of view and a show from this point of view, it opens your mind a lot. And I think that more people should do that. Before they judge something or judge somebody, they should look at different points of views. and That's the thing, though. I wish there was more theater out there that did look at two different points of view. Something I think you should write this now, Sean. Uh, <laughs> I think I did. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. And not basically, I hate to put it in these words, but shove it down someone's throat that this is the way it is or, or it isn't. I'm not saying anything you've done. I'm just saying that, that I would like to see more of both points of view in some type of uh, a play or in art so that people could say, okay, well, I understand that and I understand that. And... and so what you're saying is maybe, maybe a ways. show that it, it starts out where you've got this piece of the show here with one point of view, mm-hmm. the second piece with the second point of view, and then in the third, you pull them together. Possibly. Um, Possibly. And I think that would help with so much of what's going on politically in this country right. and with diversity, you know, and everything mm-hmm. else. And I think that, uh, oh, I want to go home and write now. <laughs> well, I was writing before we started yeah, yeah. this. So. I walked in and he was working on a screenplay. Oh, so. there we go. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, that's actually a very uh, popular answer to this question because we're, I think that we're in such uh, a divided time right now. We particularly are. Particularly in our country. And uh, nobody wants to look at the other side. Yeah. Um, with some objectivity. There's so many uh, feelings uh, attached to it. And, um, it, it and, and to be able to have a piece of theater that just says, okay, take a breath, calm down, mm-hmm. and watch this. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and that, you decide exactly. kind of thing. Yeah, and not, as I said, shove it down your throat one way or the other. Let's have, see, this point of view and this point of view, and then you decide. Oh. And, and it's okay which way you decide. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Give them permission to be mm-hmm. okay with it, and I think, and, and I think it works both ways. In, in in theater, you know, we have a tendency to be uh, 
I guess, known as being a little bit more liberal, a little bit more on the left. We need to see what the right is bringing to the table as well. Um, and, and not just what people think the right is bringing to the table. Right. You know, I, I, there's so much on both sides that are so important. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, so, Absolutely. Yeah. Great answers. Hmm. Um, okay, so I think we touched on this a little bit before, but I want to get a little bit more into it. Um, what should every theatrical artist, uh, in your opinion, producer, director, actor, technician, be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry? What should they be doing? That's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. um, I think they need to approach it mainly from the audience's perspective because, you, you know, you're, you're telling a story. If you're an actor or a director or a writer or whatever, you're telling a story. And think about, okay, what is the audience going to gain out of this story? And if you're doing that and you're putting the details in to the story that makes sense and, and bring them, you know, into a certain time and place, then it's, it, the, the, that formula should work. Mm -hmm. It should be, you know, and that's, it's hard to explain that, you know, without saying, you know, and I, I look at different movies and, and things that are out there as well too. And, and see, like, for example, to me, the Coen brothers is one of my favorite, you know, screen or, or movie writers. And, and when they tell their stories, they look at every single little detail and sure. pull it in. Uh, and, you know, I guess you could say the same thing with Tennessee Williams and The Glass Menagerie. Mm -hmm. He was very detailed about that time and place and put that into the story. And so it took you back to that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both great examples of, um, of writers and, and directors for the Coen brothers as well who uh, pay attention to the audience for each individual project. Mm -hmm. right. it, it, it's, it's all about what's the tone I'm trying to set here and how is that going to affect the audience and I think that's important um, and Robin I'm going to have you answer this question but I wanted to say as a writer um, you, you get to a point to where the script you start off with a very personal story you eventually get to a point to where you've got to let it go with your personality and your, your own personal connection to it and you have to start writing for the story and its effect on the audience so I absolutely, completely agree with you. And Robin, I'll agree with you, too. I'll find some way to agree with you. Okay, I, don't, I really don't know what to say. Um, actually, my son is a, a film writer and uh, a director in Los Angeles, and we have discussions about this all the time yeah. because he's very much into, um, well, he does a lot of virtual reality. Um, but he and I discuss how, you know, keeping it relative and what does it say to the audience and, and what did this character mean? We really get into, you know, uh, the depths of each thing. But I just really agree with what you all have been saying. Y'all, I sound like I'm from the South, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're in the South. I guess so. I am. <laughs> <laughs> they say it a lot in New York, too. Yes, I bet. I bet. Yeah. So, you know, I agree with you, you all. Okay. Yeah. With y'all. With y'all. Yeah. Oh, my. Right. in the South. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> it's come to that. <laughs> is there anything new that you individually are working on that you wanted to talk about? Because we just went over your 
your season, or you can elaborate on that as well for Theater 98 or whatever you want to say. Well, I did mention the, the radio play that we're going to do next year. Okay. Um, that's going to be interesting for me in the fact that it is not about the action on the stage. It's in the voice and how they say the lines because they're going to be standing behind a microphone very similar to this one and delivering those lines. I want the audience to come in and to be able to close their eyes and say, am I listening to a radio program? The other thing about that is, is that I want a complete Foley table on the stage oh, awesome. with the sound effects created right there on the spot. That's oh, so be cool. Wonderful. So, yeah, that will be great. I want to be a part of that. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> are, are you... Are you going to be? Are you going to set it in any particular time? The nineteen forties. So you're going to have forties costumes. Forties costumes. Oh, uh, wow. As a matter of fact, one thing that I, I guess I started the trend with uh, on the Verge is the lobby as you come into the theater. We decorated it as an expedition office uh, for the the journeys that the ladies took from the eighteen hundreds, and so I want. The, the lobby to get you in that 19... The, the downtown Christmas scene, I've got this vision. <laughs> I want to do a glass wall and have, like, the department store oh my God. Yeah. windows in That's there. Great. Uh, I, I want to have um, cookies and, and punch over in the, at the uh, refreshment stand, and I want um, carolers outside as oh, you're coming wonderful. in. Well, there's nothing better than having the audience begin with the whole feel of the show as oh, you're totally. walking in. Yeah. So, yes. And he did an incredible job on The Verge. Just when you walked in the lobby, you were just taken into that whole time frame, and and it just it was wonderful. And, really and, we, and we delivered clues in the lobby, too, because yeah. that's such a difficult show for I the audience to follow. I don't know if you've seen that show or not. No. Uh, it, it's a journey. These, it's, it's all about language and words that I had never heard of before and, and pronunciations that I, the, the actresses that I had for that show did an amazing job of, of learning those words and using them as if they were in the time period. They started out in the 1880s or 1860s, I forgot, 1880s, ended up in 1950s Cuba because they went into a time travel I'm going to have to read this. Oh, it's wonderful. Sure, it was a wonderful yeah. show. Uh, and the setting was they were dropped off on a beach, and they started this journey. They went through the jungles and went up a cliff and to the snow fields, and they encountered these different characters as they went. And each one of these characters was a gatekeeper to the next part of their journey, and then they discovered that they were going through time and ended up at this um, Cuban bar and the the... The three ladies and then one male who played all eight characters that they encountered. So it was... He's wonderful. Uh, and he's in my show, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's playing Mitch Mahoney, so come see it. Oh, wow. I, I love that character. I love yeah. that character, Mitch Mahoney. That's great. that's great. I think that's so important to, to bring the audience into... Um, the, you're, you're, you're setting up... You're, you're creating a psychology for them. As you're walking, as they're walking through um, the, the lobby, and, mm-hmm. and 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 in this case, it's going to be outside too. If you have carolers yeah, outside, right. that's a great idea. Which they did. I don't know if you guys ever saw the uh, original um, Broadway production of Spelling Bee, but did you did either? No, no. It's, it played in the Circle in the Square Theater, and it's actually a. Um, uh, it's it's the theater next to the Gershwin Theater that's been housed housed Wicked since two thousand two or whenever. But it um, 
it's, it did exactly that. I mean, you walked in and there was posters all over the place, all mm-hmm. over the lobby, all downstairs. I mean, it really brought you into mm-hmm. what you were going to see. And so that's, nice. I mean, I think, it's, I think that's so super smart. Um, what about you, Rob? What are you working on? You know, I don't have anything in the works right at the moment, but um, except for what I think I'm going to go home and write, Excellent. what we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> but really nothing... Um, Right at the moment, but I'm sure something will come along. Well, yeah. you're definitely going to keep us updated. Right? I will. I will definitely. Just, something tells me that you like like you're going to say this, and then like by the end of the weekend, you're going to have five new projects. Okay. Right from your mouth to God's ears. That's there you works. go. <laughs> Absolutely. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, before I give, as you guys give your social media information, do you want to do a speed round with me? Ooh. Okay. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really, really easy. And, and, you know, basically I'm just going to ask you some questions and you answer as quickly as you can, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. okay. Now I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to go to Robin and then John and then the next question, okay? I have to clarify that because some people are... We're going to answer the same question. Exactly right. Okay. Okay. So, favorite play? 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> right answer. Next, that's next, that's next. Favorite play? Um, I would say uh, Light in the Piazza. Okay, cool. What if I don't have a favorite play? <laughs> Do you have two favorite plays? Uh, well, right now I would say Glass Menagerie and On the Verge because of the last two plays I directed. Exactly. There you go. Yes. That's Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfect. Okay. okay, favorite musical? Did we already get it? From you? Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, right now it's the twenty fifth annual. No, my favorite musical is Wicked. Oh, I absolutely. I love that. I'm musical. so in love with that it's, show. It's such a great show. Yes. Okay, John. I will. I will do the twenty fifth annual oh, Putnam County Spelling Bee. Thank Spelling you, dear. Oh, God, you're so loyal. I, I love your loyalty. Yes, yes. That's He's been awesome. wonderful. <laughs> okay, your favorite writer? Uh, my goodness. Yeah, I would say, I, I really love Moliere, but I'm going back. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. fine. You know, I'm so noncommittal at, on this game right here. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're okay. You're um, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know who my favorite writer. I think it all depends on the work, you know, because you can look at some Neil Simon stuff that's great, and then look at some that's not so great. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I, I pass. You want to pass? Yes. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Now, aside from the two of you, each other, your favorite director, you can't answer one or the other. Oh, in, in theater altogether? In theater altogether. If you can't think of theater, film is okay. Oh, my. This, this is going to be a long... My son would come up with something immediately, and now, because of my age, I can't think. No. <laughs> you want me, to, just, want me to tell you mine? Yes. Mike Nichols. Oh, do you like yes. Mike Nichols? Both yes, both for theater and for film. Yeah, he's wonderful. 
Um, well, you had kind of mentioned the Cohen brothers well, that's, before. Well, uh, that was going to be my answer yes. here. So. Um, and um, I'm just so blank on everybody's name. So I, I will give you two. The Cohen brothers for me and also John Hughes. Those are my two favorite directors. Oh, good so. choices. Good choices. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys know you're both going to like. This, this is now going to be your new 3 o'clock in the, mo- in the morning. Yes. Eyes wide open. Okay, now I remember who my favorite Oh, yeah, is. it was Steven Spielberg, okay. man. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do either of you have a mentor? That's an interesting question. I, I use anybody that's willing to share their knowledge as a mentor. Um, so I'm always looking, and, and you know, I'm, I'll ask the question, mm-hmm. like, you know, tell me about this or tell me about that. So, Anyone that's teaching you? Most people that are teaching you? Most people that are teaching me. I mean, again, it's not that I have an official, you know, I'm taking some acting classes. Um, Gary Grubb's classes right now are the ones that I'm taking. And so I guess, you know, right now he would be my mentor. But, you know, tomorrow I may have someone else, you know. You're not the first person who has answered that as, you know, with it being a fluid, you know, line of people. Right. A lot of people say I have different mentors for different uh, facets of theater in my life, singing, acting, you know, so that's, that's actually a very, um, popular answer. So many people, I don't have one particular mentor. It's kind of been a collaborative, collaborative effort of many. Um, I, I still thank and appreciate my original voice teacher, uh, Sharon Courier in Santa Barbara. Um, I even found her on Facebook recently and, and wrote to her and told her what an impact she had on my life and my career and, and how she helped me. Um, all, all the teachers, I think everybody I come in contact with somehow mentors me. And kind of like what John was saying, it's, it's you, you listen. Listening is so important. And you learn. And... Uh, but I don't have um, one particular mentor. Okay. Yeah, so All to right. speak. Yeah. Cool. Well, those were excellent answers. So that means we passed the, the lightning round. Did we pass you it? Did. Yeah. It wasn't very fast, <laughs> yeah, but no, we, no. we didn't answer very quickly. <laughs> there, there have been people who have been slower. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. I feel much and, better now because... And, and, mm. blanked, and blanked even more yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and give our audience all your social media information, please? Uh, well, it would be theater98.org, uh, and theater is T-H-E-A-T-R-E. I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're more than welcome to, to go there and, and see the 2018 season. Um, and there's a couple of other surprises for that that have not been put on there yet, which obviously I've let the cat out of the bag for one of them. Uh, but it does look like we would have uh, Kirsten Vangness back again this year to do her mess show. Um, and I don't know if you know who that is. She's on Criminal Minds. Um, um, she plays um, Penelope. Penelope on Criminal on Minds. On Criminal Minds. She is on, on Criminal Minds, she has kind of like a funky 1940s look. Yes, yes. the big glasses yeah, and blonde hair. And yes, yes and wow. she wears real crazy fun but clothes. She was here this past year and helped kick off our um, new seat fundraiser for the theater. So, you know, 
this time next year, everybody will be sitting in comfy new chairs. So yes, you'll see one out in the lobby when you go out, Sean, and have a chance to sit in it. <laughs> and is the fundraiser still going on? Uh, the seats are pretty much um, paid for, and we will be once this show is over, these seats will come out, and uh, the new ones will be installed. And as far as a fundraiser for community theater, we're always doing a fundraiser. Right. <laughs> and, and people can go to theater98.org with an RE. Uh-huh. And, and do you have a place where they can donate on, on the website? Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know if there is a, a specific donate button. If there is, um, please use it. If not, pick up the phone and call and or write to us or write to us mm-hmm. or send an email or go to Facebook. We have a Facebook page as well too mm-hmm. and send a message. And um, typically I'm one of three or four people who would answer the Facebook messages. So we'll get back to you immediately. I think, um, you know, that's probably the best way to go. And, and they can send checks and... Absolutely. And, Cash, and, money orders, Cash, visa, money. Well, whatever you know, you'd exactly. like. <laughs> Considering the age of this building, you know, our next fundraiser, I'm, you know, I can't say what it's going to be specifically. We know we need new wiring in the building. Uh, anything that we do fundraiser is to enhance the audience's experience here. So, you know, we'll look at things that would make it better. I'd love to have new LED lighting in here. Sure. Um and that could happen, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yes. But uh, <laughs> because, you know, I couldn't have done On the Verge. We brought in LED lighting for that show because I had to take you to different places, like a jungle. I had green lighting, and then we were on the beach. We had white lighting, and, mm-hmm. you know, when we were in the Cuban bar, it was red lighting. So I had to have the different colors here. Using and more than just a gel. More, a, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, we're a limited number of lights here, but... The LED lighting, you can gradually go. You don't. You have, you know, those soft transitions. And it has spots that move automatically, and you know, sure. it's just it's oh, fabulous. And I have to say, I got a tour of the building from John when I first came in, and I have never seen a building in a theater so well respected and so organized. I mean, I went into the library, and it's all just meticulously, beautifully organized and and then in your workroom and backstage I mean it's it's so I mean you guys have done a tremendous job with really paying attention to your theater here Thank the lobby you. all of it it's just it, it's I, I encourage anyone who's listening to to go to the website and really support this theater it's it's I'm I'm, I'm very impressed. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Oh, That's thank very you. nice. We work hard, and we have a, we lot, have of a lot of volunteers. A lot of volunteers that, that help. Are tirelessly committed, here, yeah. committed, yeah. and uh-huh. you know, even from like doing the flower beds and the grass outside too. Mm-hmm. Well, props to the volunteers. Yes, love the volunteers. Absolutely. Yes. Well, That's where cool. would theater be without that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Sometimes I think that like sixty to sixty-five percent of the workforce is right is, is volunteers, and yeah. it's it's that that shows that we should always have theater because people love it so much that they're willing to come in and usher and. And uh, uh, you know, help with costumes and help build sets. And Serve like wine that. at intermission. Exactly. Yeah, work, mm-hmm. work uh, concessions and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's I, I I totally agree with that. So, yeah. anyways, on that note, um, I have to tell you that I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed our interview, and 
I thank you for being on the show. Well, well thank, thank you. you so much thank for, you for having us. And it's, it's coming to our little town, and uh, we are so enjoy having you. Well, I come here a lot, and yes. so every single time I come here, I'm going to try to see a show. Okay, good. Right. I really am. I'm going to, I'm going to try, because this, is, this has been amazing. It's, it's so nice. So, um, Okay, so thanks again, you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Awesome. Now, at the end of each show, I like to give shout-outs to current productions worth the recommendation. On tonight's episode, I'd like to recommend an upcoming pair of shows being produced by the guests on my previous episode, Lily Riappel and Molly Clifford. And they are uh, the co-artistic directors of the NYC production company Two-Headed Rep. Isn't that a fun name? I don't know. It's all like a monster to me, but let me explain it to you. Um, they are a, a repertory company that runs a, um, a show that is uh, modern and current and new and written by a new playwright. And then they take an older show and they have a group of writers do an adaptation of it. So it's crazy. So... Anyways, they are simultaneously running an, ap- an updated translation of Miss Julie by three different authors writing for each individual character um, on a Google Doc. I mean, it's like one writes a line, it sends it to the other one, and they write a line, and they send it to the other one. Oh, I mean, my. Isn't that great? That's, that's wild. That's that technology. Exactly. Yeah. Just, minute by minute. <laughs> I, I will say, me and my brother did that way back when, but we used pencil and paper. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's creative. It's like I, I always yeah. thought, you know, I, I uh, when I write with my musical writer, um, he lives in Chicago. We write back and forth with like uh, instant message and email. And I thought, oh wow, we are so on the cutting edge. And then I meet these two ladies, and yeah. he's like, oh no, it's all being done on a Google Doc, and they're uh-huh. crazy kids these days. They're so young and, <laughs> and doing that kind of thing. Um, and anyways, uh, the uh, new play is called Reno and Mall, and. Uh, there are two different uh, shows about workplace uh, workplaces in different break areas. It's kind of fun. Um, it's being done in, well, I already said this, in the style of repertory that does simultaneous productions uh, back-to-back of different plays presenting similar themes so as to invoke comparisons, differences, discussions, and debate. Um, I, now, I don't want to say too much more about the shows other than the fact that they're workplace dramas, but I will tell you that I've, I've seen uh, a few of these theater events where it's this style of presentation of repertory where you're seeing a modern and, and a classic and, and you're comparing and contrasting. And it's a really, really cool thing to see. Now, it can be a long day of theater or two nights of theater, but I encourage everyone to, to go out and do this. It's, it's something that you should experience if you possibly can. Now, the shows uh, run in repertory from November 4th to November 18th. You can visit uh, www.twoheadedrep.com for tickets and information. That's two, T-W-O, headed, H-E-A-D-E-D, rep, R-E-P.com for tickets and information. So there you go. Give it a shot. And uh, I'm going to go, and I think you should too if you're in the area. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung, and the vows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank my guest, the sensational John Robitaille and Robin and Paige. Thank you again, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. You were so amazing. You. So great job. Uh, you can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket at facebook.com backslash your program is your ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at program ticket. Uh, the website is um, yourprogramisyourticket.com. There you go. That's easy. I'm on iTunes and SoundCloud. So uh, you can rate me and write me a review. And uh, you, you should subscribe. It's how I get our higher profile on those uh, two different uh, elements. 
Uh, also, if you go to my YouTube page, you just look up the program is your ticket. You, you could see some footage of me interviewing some people backstage, people like Charles Bush and Matthew Broderick at the New York Innovative Theater Awards, uh, which I did a couple of weeks ago. And it was super fun. So, anyways, go, go there as well. Folks, take a little time to see a show this week, and don't forget to, to give a smaller show some love. There's a lot of great theater jobs out there. And until our next show, good night, theater people, and Hi y'all, this is Kristen Chenoweth Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan This is Sarah Bareilles Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network Lucky Land Casino Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess Aha, in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.